Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That was all in the first hour of the program. Each subsequent hour, we're moving closer to Wednesday afternoon football. It's not Thursday night football. It's not Sunday night. It's not Monday nights on ESPN. It's Wednesday afternoon on NBC. It'll be the Steelers and the Ravens, we think, if the Ravens can get all their tests in order today. At 3.40 Eastern, believe it or not, it'll be the first Wednesday night game. You probably thought you'd have to go back decades to find a Wednesday afternoon game or a Wednesday night game in the NFL. But the Cowboys and the Giants did play on Wednesday in 2012. Before that, you have to go back to 1948. Back to 2020. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin will talk to Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper Jr. about the draft that's coming up in 10 minutes. We are also brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Jay, let's get right into it. This game is supposed to be played on Thanksgiving night, then Sunday, then maybe yesterday, now today. So that's a six-day lag, but we're getting the game in a little less than a week after we thought. Think back to the Steelers when this happened before, week number four. We're getting ready to play the Tennessee Titans. They have an outbreak. They had to wait 21 days to eventually play that game. So now here are the Steelers, no fault of their own against Tennessee. They had the outbreak. Game is played 21 days later. Now they're playing the Ravens. No fault of their own, and they've got to play the game six days later. All the talk is about Baltimore, but honestly, you think the Steelers have a big grievance here. It just, it doesn't feel right. You know, and I understand that we're getting football in and that games are meaningful and that there are checks on the line. But if this is not contained, considering that the Ravens had two positive tests yesterday, what's the number at now, Zubin? Like, I, I, you know... They're, uh, north of 20, I think. Yes, and they're hoping, they're hoping at best by game time, although this could change because there's going to be tests before the game again, they could play with as low as 14. And I don't want to use that number low as 14, but they're going to be tests again before they take the field at 340. But that seems to be like the best case scenario at the moment. I know it's random. I know any team can go the, through this situation, but I mean, the optics on this thing just don't feel right, nor do they look good to me. So it's... Hey, we're trying to force a game. We just had two players test positive yesterday. We're going to, you know, postpone the game again another day. Postpone. Now we're going to play Wednesday. They have to turn around and play the Redskins on Monday. How are you actually preparing? For, I mean, I'm sorry, the Washington football team mm-hmm. on Monday. Habit. Been an NFC East fan for a very long time. I will change the habit. But, like, you know, do you start preparing for the Washington football team now, not knowing if your game's in limbo? How do you prepare? And plus, this is just not a regular game. This is like a big rivalry. Huge. Like we've had so many people on this show talk about they couldn't walk for a couple of days after a game like this. So I know that a lot of the big-time players aren't playing, Lamar Jackson and others in company, but a lot of players are also returning the longer these games get postponed. And so we're just going to expect the Steelers, if the Steelers then lose to the Washington football team, like they're not going to have a gripe about this? Like they have to wait multiple days to figure yeah. out whether they're playing or not. Well, uh, look, it, it certainly the Steelers seem as though that they – are getting the short end of the stick, right? But the games have got to be played. I think when you start to look why, at why do the games have to be why does because this game, the NFL is going to play the game. I know, but why does this game have to be played? It doesn't have to be played today. Day. It can be played another day if they choose to do so, but it's got to be played. They're not gonna they're not gonna have the uh Pittsburgh Steelers play fifteen games and then everybody else play sixteen. They just the league's not gonna do that. They would rather go to the bye week and push the season back to bye week of the Super Bowl before they allow that to happen. They reschedule. So when you look at it, though, you got to follow and listen to the experts, the guys in the white jackets with the pins tucked in their 
pocket. So, and if, and if, if the doctors and the medical experts in the NFL say it's okay, then you play. That's who I'm listening to. I'm not listening to coaches and, and owners. I'm listening to the doctors and the medical staff. And my belief is that they wouldn't put the team and other players in harm's way if they didn't feel that it was right to play. That's, that's the way I've always been from day one, whether it's college football or whether it's the pros. I'm not going to flip-flop back and forward and try to all of a sudden say, well, they shouldn't play, it's doing this. What I've said the entire time, if the medical staff says it's okay, then it's okay. But see, Zim, I want to get your opinion on something too. I, I know that the game, quote-unquote, has to be played. But didn't we come into this year expecting the unexpected? Didn't we come into this year thinking that, all right, not everything is going to be fair? Look what's happening in college football. I mean, not, not everything is fair when you're dealing with the outliers that come along with COVID. So now all of a sudden we're trying to push to make things just because, you know, what happens if this team – that's, that's kind of, okay, this is the path that we're on. Well, they're really trying to stay on schedule is what it is. They don't want to alter their schedule. They want to stay are we, on are schedule. We, are we trying to do this, key because we that number 100%, like 100? Dan Graziano was on this morning. He said the NFL can walk away from this. And I'm not saying that the NFL is wrong here. Every, it, this is all gray territory in which you're trying to navigate. But Dan was like, you know, the NFL can walk away from this saying, hey, we played 100% mm-hmm. of our games Throughout this pandemic, if this game gets if played this game today, gets played today. Like, well, that's no, they would they thing, would be right? more saying they played one hundred percent throughout the pandemic because remember they got the eighteenth they got that eighteenth week to push back doing the buy so they still gonna get the hundred games in they they're still gonna make their money even if it's not televised today there's gonna be televised at some other point. But what Jay is saying is that if you don't have to push these games back and preclude it it more strengthens their argument. It's not like we've got to wait forever, have a week 18. 12 weeks are done of the season, and all 12 weeks, 100% of those games have been played within those 12 but weeks. But is it I really think that strengthens his argument. But is it really an argument? Like, is it, is, it, is it something that their league is trying to prove? Are they trying to really prove that we got our games done in this amount of time? I think it's more about getting the games done and making sure that every team plays 16 games Opposed to some playing 14, some playing 15, some playing 16. You've always said white jacket, pen in the pocket. We should just mention Dr. Alan Sills. He's the NFL's chief medical officer. It's crazy. We talk about it. We talk about it with our nation, our fans, our listeners. It's talked about all day long on Sports Talk Radio, ESPN. It is amazing that the power, in many cases, Roger Goodell is listening to one man. Dr. Alan Sills has his ear. (laughs) And he can say, Kamish. We really need to put the kibosh on this, or it is okay to go ahead and play. It's amazing that one person has that much power in this particular sport. Well, it's 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 the final say of that person, but that person has people around him giving him information mm-hmm. as well. So it's a team of experts led by Dr. Seals. I mean, and, and so when you look at it, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, is listening to that as he should. And then he makes the decision based on the information that he's getting because those doctors, if they're not going to, again, they're not going to put these players in harm's way, especially considering both on Pittsburgh and Baltimore, you have players with underlying conditions. Could you make the argument that playing today's game puts guys at risk? Yes. Not not, Not if the doctors are saying it's okay. Not if the doctors are saying it's okay. Why, why would the, why would these doctors Say it's okay to play. Well, you don't want that on well, your hands, do you? 
No. Well, and do you really think th- that that doctor do will want that on their hands? Things really do happen in big business, though. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm, not, I'm not a conspiracy guy right or here. anything like that, Jay. I'm just saying I trust the dudes in the white coats, period. But this, this also gets me back to what happened with the Broncos. Like, I, And I understand the quarterback scenario in the room. Different situation, though. Yeah, but wasn't there a staffer for the Ravens that got disciplined because it, and that's how this whole thing kicked off? That's how it started. So, like, I, I don't understand. So, all right, well, one was the player. But, like, the way I've been raised in sports is that everybody is a part of our team, right? So, Key, you, myself, Zubin. Not the same rules, though, Jay. Hear me out. We're a part of our team here. Evan, Pat Costello, like, Allen, all of our guys, they're a part of our team. I'm not responsible for them. But what happens with them is also it affects what happens with us and vice versa. Like, I don't understand why all of a sudden we're making a pass for the Ravens when we didn't make that same pass for the Broncos and, and and then I start thinking about, well, okay, the game with the Broncos wasn't a big game, but this is a big game. This it, is a big game. This is a rivalry, big-time matchup. That game, again, Jay, that game, this game could be played, whether it's played today or another. Baltimore and Pittsburgh could play four weeks from now, and it's still Baltimore and Pittsburgh. The staffer is treated different than the players. The staffer is treated different than those four three quarterbacks in that room. That's just the reality of it. They, yes, he's part of – the organization, but he's not getting the same treatment as the actual players in the coaching staff. Just not. Now, you mentioned, Jay, Kendall Hinton, what happened, that debacle in Denver against the Saints on Sunday. Combine that with what's going down here over the next six days with regards to the Ravens and the Steelers. ESPN NFL analyst and college football analyst, the national championship winner Greg McElroy from Alabama, is saying all of these things taken in totality is crushing the league's reputation and everything they claim they publicly stand for. If the Ravens are going to be at less than full capacity to the point in which they can't execute, then we are doing damage to the shield, right? Like us as players and us that are associated with the NFL, we're proud of the shield. We're proud of that moniker. You got to protect the shield. You're told that in every single NFL PA meeting. And what we saw from Denver, their inability to put together any semblance of offensive football literally impacts the integrity of the brand. Like that affects us as as viewers, because you are damaging, literally damaging the quality of the broadcast. What do you make of that, Key? I don't, I don't even understand what Greg is talking about, to be honest with you, because Greg was on our show a month or so ago, all for playing football and college football, and, and it's okay in the SEC, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. These guys want to play. Let them play, la da 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 And now, fast forward a couple months later, it's damaging the shield. It's this, it's that. I don't, I don't, which side are you on, bro? The shield, the image of the Yes. Are you, or what side are you on, though? You wanted them to play in college football and you wanted all of that to take place. But now with the NFL moving things around and playing games, it's damaging the shield. Although people are watching, the fans are still watching at record pace. I don't see what's I, the problem. We conflate things, man. You hear the word sports, you still think, um, not amateurish, but you, you think, okay, like everybody wants to be a part of this. This is big business. This is big business. That's what sports, that's what the NFL is. The bottom line's the bottom line? Exactly. Every single day. So I, I, don't, I don't agree with what Greg is saying. I don't think it's damaging the shield. I think the big businesses are pushing through this thing. 
So we have to. Yeah, do. that's why I don't really understand what he's trying to say because it's not damaging the shield. There's a game at three forty potentially today. I'm going to be watching. Watch, I just watched Thursday night football or Thursday two games yeah. during Thanksgiving. I watched Sunday and Monday football. I watched all day Sunday. I don't. Where is it damaging it at? Thirty million people watched that terrible game between Washington and Dallas. As I said, million people record breaking pace. So I don't know. One thing I want to get to today, and I think this is something we haven't talked about, and I guess we have to talk about it now because it just might be a one-game situation, but it's very interesting, and that is the return for one day of RG3 and what it might mean. What it might mean. Lamar is out. We've talked about this earlier in the week where Matt Flynn, the old Packers quarterback, got his one shot, tore up the line, signed a big deal with Seattle. RG3 is 29 years old. He's waiting for a chance. He spent essentially, you know, 2017 out of football, Gets back in 2018, signs with the Ravens. The same month he signs, they draft Lamar Jackson later that month. Clearly, he's not going to beat out Lamar Jackson. But here he goes with Lamar out due to COVID. An opportunity here for a guy that when he first came into the league back in 2012, he he flashed like nobody's business. He was the offensive rookie of the year. It's been a long seven, eight years. Well, he got injured. And then he was almost like, somewhat forced back onto the field by the Shanahan's to play. Mm-hmm. And then he got injured again and he wasn't fully healthy. And, he, you know, and then at that point he's trying to play people looking at him. There's a narrative set that this guy can't play in the NFL. You know, oh, he's too slight. He's thin. He's this. This style doesn't work. Yada, 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 yada. Go back many, many moons ago. And, and Jay would, and Jay was young and Zubin, you were probably just leaving Rutgers. <laughs> There was a guy named Randall Cunningham. Oh, of course. That sat around. Eagles. And he was with the Eagles. And then all of a sudden he was out of the league for a little bit there and then went to the Minnesota Vikings. And then you saw a rebirth and it was a different situation. This could potentially be a similar situation as RG3. You get out there and you perform well against the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's always a coach out there that goes to themselves. You know, I'm in a position. I've always always liked that guy. Now I'm in a position to get him on my team because I can work magic with him. There's always a coach. I don't care what anybody says. There's a coach out there that now is in a better position than he was when RG3 was drafted to make any sort of decisions that now is a decision maker of an organization. One of these up-and-coming jobs that becomes available where now all of a sudden there's an Eric B. Enemy who takes a job uh, in New York at the Jets and he says, I want to – I need a veteran like an RG3. Or, or there he takes the Chicago job, and he says, I like RG3. Mm. I don't care what y'all say. He, I'm a, I'm, I, he reminds me of Patrick. Goes there, takes his quarterback with him there. RG3 now signs a three-year deal, $70 million. Wow! Teddy Bridgewater-like. Right. That's what we're looking at. You know what I've labeled today for RG3? Any given Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, it's an opportunity, really. I mean, it's an opportunity for him. And it, it, it just feels like for a guy who, wants, who was once a shooting star key. Yeah. Um, and it was almost like before we had a lot of dual threats, right? Before Lamar Jackson, before Kyler Murray, before Josh Allen, all these different guys. He kind of burned out. But it's such an opportunity for him to really and, – and, and last time, guess what? Last time – guess when his last start was, Zubin? Mm, week, when was it? Week 17 last year oh. against the Steelers. Oh, when he's with the Browns. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. oh, look who he's playing yeah. today. Look who he's staying today. Look how it all comes together. Indeed. Have it all come together for the 2021 NFL Draft, which will be next April 29th. 
Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper Jr. are always thinking about the draft 24-7, 365. They join us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Todd, I want to go to you first. You guys both penned a great piece, which can be seen right now on ESPN Plus, about the biggest takeaways as we move closer to the draft. And the first one, I guess we got to ask you. You know the quarterback position well, for sure. How big is the gap right now between Trevor Lawrence of Clemson and Justin Fields of Ohio State? Well, I, I think there's a gap. I really do. I, I think Justin Fields has continued to improve. You go back and watch him early last season and, and the development that he had with Ryan Day, the head coach, who's one of the best quarterback coaches, I think, in college football. And then the development that he had in the offseason. And I love the maturity that he showed. You know, he, he wasn't wavering. Even when the Big Ten said, hey, we're out, no season. He stuck around. He didn't opt out. He worked his tail off to develop in terms of picking up the blitz, seeing the field better, getting the ball out a little bit quicker and not always locking onto that primary target. And there's areas still, those are the areas that he still can improve, but I'm seeing improvement from him. And he's obviously so physically gifted. He's strong, strong arm. He, he's smart and he's picking things up quick, you know, quickly for a guy who does not have a lot of college starts. So, I think the gap has has been bridged a little bit, but I I still think Trevor Lawrence is at a different level. I just had him live this past week, and this guy, he he is seeing everything. It's so slow to him. Everything is slowed down. He's so mature. He's a long-levered quarterback who somehow gets the ball out quickly, has quick feet, does a great job of reading through the mesh. I mean, it's hard. You have to really start to nitpick if you're going to try to find a weakness in Trevor Lawrence's game. And uh, Mel, what do you think about the gap between the two guys? I think this. I think when you look at what Todd was saying about, uh, about Trevor Lawrence, he's been the number one guy basically since he came out of high school, and Justin Fields has been number two since they came out of high school together. You think about an Andrew Luck and a John Elway and a Peyton Manning. They were the guys who were locked in. To catch them takes just a phenomenal year or something that's so special that says, boy, it casts some doubt as to whether there is just Trevor and maybe somebody that's got one and one A there. And it's Justin Fields is like one A. It makes us wonder, is he in fact going to be better? I think the Indiana game, you know, maybe cast a little doubt and maybe hurt in terms of that argument for Justin Fields. It's one game, but you can't have a hiccup if you're trying to catch Trevor Lawrence. And he did in the end, Indiana game with the three interceptions. He was off his game in terms of accuracy. He just, was, he just wasn't at his best. He was just off that game. And I think you can't have that. It's not, not going to push him down. He's going to be the second pick in the draft. But to go ahead of Trevor Lawrence or catch Trevor Lawrence, he couldn't have that off game. And unfortunately against Indiana, they won the game, but he did not play his best in that football game. I said Trevor Lawrence live in this last game. He hadn't played a football game in 35 days, Hmm. and there was zero rust. It it was really impressive. Guys, outside of Trevor Lawrence and Fields, who would you guys say could potentially be the best player in the draft? Mel, Todd? Yeah, Todd, I, th- I think we, I know we'll be in agreement. I think Penny Sewell, uh, the left tackle at Oregon, who opted out, he's one of a lot of players who opted out, some before the season like he did, some during the season, some have had injuries. So it's been one of those crazy – that's why I call this draft going to be very mysterious for a lot of reasons. But I think Sewell is the plug-and-play left tackle. Obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow need him. Uh, so I think he would be the guy that would fall in next in terms of the ratings board behind the top two quarterbacks, Lawrence and Fields. Yeah, and I think the wide receivers are a story, too. 
you know, you, if, even if you just want to lump in pass catchers, but you know, Jamar Chase for LSU op- opted out, but I think he's one of the five best players in the country. You got Rashad Bateman, who reminds me a lot of of uh, Juju Smith Schuster. You know, he's going to run a four five five, and everyone, everyone's going to say, oh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be great at the next level, but he's big, sturdy, strong, great route runner, really good uh, in traffic. So the Minnesota wide receiver, I think, is right there. The two guys from from Alabama. Devontae Smith has been the most consistent of the receivers the last couple of years, and we're talking about four receivers in a two-year span that are probably going to go in the the first round, which will be a record. No school has ever had that before. And then in addition, uh, you get Jalen Waddell, who's injured for Alabama, but when when healthy, he's the most explosive player in, in terms of having the ball in his hands and what he can do after the catch. So there are a lot of good receivers. And you can't you can't overlook Kyle Pitts, the tight end, who is technically a tight end, but he's about 240 pounds. They play him wide out in the slot, move him around. I think he has a chance to be a little bit over 50 years. We've had the NFL draft, and he will be just the tenth tight end that could go in the top ten overall. Wow! So Mel and Todd, who is the most interesting draft prospect that could be in the top ten? Interesting. Well, I'll start, Todd. I think Trey Lance. I think, I think when you play one game, Todd talked about Russ not affecting Trevor Lawrence. Well, it did affect Trey Lance against Central Arkansas one October 3rd, only game they played this year. And he was 15-30, to 30, had his first interception of his career. Remember, he was 28-0 in 2019 in terms of touchdown-interception ratio. He uh, did rush for 143 yards in that game, and he brought him back. They were down. He brought him back more with his legs and his arms. So was it Russ? Was it him pressing, knowing that all eyes were going to be on him for that? one game. Uh, a lot of factors into that, but even last year, he was five games where he was at 56-5, completion percentage or less. Uh, but a guy that has enormous talent throwing the football, rushing in terms of yards with his legs. He's picked up a ton of yards during his career. Uh, he's only had 17 starts in his career. He'll end his career with 17 career starts. Mitchell Trubisky had what, 13? Mark Sanchez, 13, 16. Yeah. So, I, I think that's something for Trey Lance. The one game, not impressive throwing, and only 17 starts. Todd, yet he's going to go, I think, in the top 10 to 15 of the draft. Yeah, and I think I mentioned Kyle Pitts. He, he to me, is, is one of the fastest risers. You just watch him, and he's, like, he's playing at a different level for Florida this year at tight end. So I think he's got a chance to be in the top 10, and I told you there's only been nine other guys in, in over 50 years of the draft that have gone in the top 10 from that position. The other guy, too, and I'm not saying he's going to go in the top 10, but another guy that does not get enough national credit and love it's Zach Wilson, the quarterback for BYU. I mean, the way he has played this year, he is a gamer. He had the shoulder injury, a thumb injury a year ago, but he has been healthy this year. And the way he extends plays, uh, you know, and I, I've heard this from a lot of different scouts, and no one wants to say it because there's no other Pat Mahomes out there. But he's got a little bit of that game in him. You know, it's mm. just when things are, are messy, he just he thrives in chaos. And it, the mechanics might be off, the arm angle might be off, He's off platform, off balance, and somehow just finds a way to get the ball in there. So uh, he's, he's had a heck of a year this year for BYU. And I yeah. think he's firmly entrenched as the number four quarterback, and I think he has a really good shot to go in the first round. Love it. Love yeah, one, it. Thing about, one thing about Wilson real quick, guys. I mean, he could catch Trey Lance. There's no question about it. He's going to put pressure on Trey Lance to be that third quarterback taken, but you'd like to see something other than cupcakes. He's playing against cupcakes, and he's playing without crowd noise, and that, that obviously really helps the quarterback. So there's a lot of things working to Wilson 
Clemson's favor this year at BYU. The schedule, the opponents, and the fact that there aren't any fans. Yes, indeed. They do love to throw it out there. And I would mention to Todd that uh, I think they have a couple of good Kyles there at Florida, if I'm not mistaken. I want to mention, again, you can see the piece that Todd and Mel wrote. It's on ESPN Plus right now. And uh, uh, Mel mentioned, uh, Sewell, wait until you see the names that Mel is comparing this guy to. The all-time greats. Again, find it right now on ESPN Plus. Fellas, thanks very much. I'm sure we'll talk again as we get closer to April 29th. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. got it. Thanks, boys. Thanks, guys. Mel and Todd, always fun to have them here. On the way, (laughs) Boots on the Ground, a live report from Pittsburgh on the very latest as we creep closer to the Ravens and the Steelers. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Those last words uttered, of course, by Big Ben, who's got multiple Lombardies with an S, and he wants more with an S. They'll play today, again, in cold Pittsburgh. December in Pittsburgh is cold. Guess where else it's cold in December? Right here in New York City. Exhibit- not that cold. <laughs> well, hang on. Your- to you and I. Yeah, exactly. But to Key... A little bit different. Take a listen to Key rolling into work this morning. See, I'm walking into work this morning, and y'all think this is a damn joke. Our studio is right off this water. And walking in this morning at 4.38 a.m., my damn face going to fall off. I know I'm a California boy. I know y'all can say whatever y'all want to say about me. But this... It is cold. I'm telling you, man, I wouldn't wish this on nobody. If I make it to the studio, y'all might see me on the show today. Otherwise, y'all might have to thaw me out. I just made it. So I'm good now, I guess. Oh, man, this is, this ain't, this, this, I ain't gonna wish this on nobody. I swear. I'm so damn cold. Oh, this ain't for the kid, bro. I'm good. Oh, Cali, Cali, Cali. I need that sunshine, baby. Key, you feeling all right? 
Yeah, I'm good now. I've been in the studio four hours, so I'm straight now. <laughs> it's warmer outside. I'm now. just worried about when I leave the studio and get to the car, what's it going to feel like? Indeed. So what's it going to feel like today for the Ravens and the Steelers? Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, is in the house, boots on the ground in Pittsburgh. And I guess I have to ask you because it's that time of year in that city. How's it where you are, Kim? I know you guys don't have me on this show right after. Keyshawn complaining about walking in the cold to a warm studio. I know you guys do not have me following up that because I am outside, Key. I am outside in the elements, boots on the ground, hand warmers in my Uggs right now. It's 32 degrees at Heinz Field where I am. It is freezing, but, but we all don't have it. We all don't have it as bad as Key, I guess. Well, it was. <laughs> hey, Kim, yeah, it was. No, 36 listen, degrees. Listen. And listen. windy. Really? 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 I got now, California I am blood. Out in the elements. All right, okay. I got Brooklyn blood, but it is cold in Pittsburgh. Let me tell you, the, the flags are flying. It is very windy, very cold here. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm sucking it up. You know, I'm doing TV, I'm doing radio. You know, this is just what. What the job entails, I guess I'm just a little tougher than some. See, we need to have, we need to have a segment with Kim every week called "Keeping It Real with Cousin Kim." Keeping it real with Cousin Kim, because Kim, she gonna tell you how it is, really. No, it's all good. She got the she got that BK into that Brooklyn life. Let me ask you this, Kim: Why you freeze out there in Pittsburgh? Uh, what's What's the latest going on in Pittsburgh Baltimore game? Where are we at? We are nearing the finish line, guys. I saw. We've been talking about this game six days later, a game that was supposed to be played on Thanksgiving night. It appears we are going to play today, provided, asterisk, provided that the Ravens' rapid test results come back later this morning, all clear. Um, as you guys have mentioned on air, you know, two t- positive tests yesterday. Um, the team had to take those rapid tests again today. If all goes well, all negative, then kick off 340 Finally, that's what we can expect. Keyshawn J. Will and is presented by Progressive Insurance. Kimberly A. Martin joins us on the Shell Penzo performance line. Kim, let me ask you to take your reporter cap off and, and, and put your fan cap on for a second. Why does it feel like the, the Broncos got reprimanded for what happened with the Broncos? Why does it not seem that this team is going to get reprimanded the same way? Why does it feel like they're getting a pass in order to play this game against the Steelers and the Ravens? Well, I understand if you're a Broncos fan or if you're a Steelers fan, why you're frustrated. I can get it emotionally, but take a step back and understand that with the Ravens, we this is an outbreak. You know, this is 10 days straight of a player, at least one player, testing positive. This isn't um, a couple of guys within one position and a team just can't play with a quarterback. You know, this is... The question is, how will this team travel safely? How can we ensure that guys, um, you know, that the, the, the virus is contained, there's no spread, everybody can move. You know, the Ravens took two planes yesterday to Pittsburgh. Um, it's, it's bigger than competitive advantage. I think Steelers fans are frustrated because it seems like, oh, the NFL is just waiting for the Ravens to get back some healthy guys. If you take your fan cap off, and really look at this as a medical situation and ensuring that these guys 
that the, the threat, the spread is contained and, and, you know, they can travel safely. That's really what this is about. It's a totally different situation than the Broncos. The Broncos don't have an outbreak. You know, that's the difference. So I hope fans can understand that, you know, a lot of people within this organization have tested positive and we don't know everything about this virus yet. So let's focus on the health a little bit. I understand the competitive stuff and, and the fandom, but let's focus on, on that piece. Let's stay with the conspiracy theory that people are trying to put out there, Kimberly. Do you, you think? No, I'm just go. saying, you know how people are trying to put the conspiracy theory about the Ravens and the Steelers and that whole deal. But with that being said, do you think that we'll see uh, Mark Ingram and, and J.K. Dobbins at all at 340 Eastern time? I'm glad you asked me that because I was told this morning that the, those two running Ravens running backs are not here in Pittsburgh. I know there was speculation that they, they are technically eligible to return from the COVID list today because they would have gone through the 10-day isolation period. However, um, the expectation that they would play really premature because neither of them, as of this morning, are here in Pittsburgh. They would still need to clear hurdles just to be taken off of the COVID list. And, you know, they're not in Pittsburgh. So they are, the team was, was preparing as, as late as last night that they would not have these two. So I don't expect uh, Dobbins or Ingram to be on the field. That is why you are Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN's NFL reporter, because we sitting here did not know that they were not in Pittsburgh. I mean, we See, I got you, Key. You got, got you. Got a, you got our back. That's a good thing. <laughs> that, that, that really is a good thing. How are the Steelers overall, though, dealing with all the postponements? They haven't played a game since November 22nd. Yeah, they, uh, I think once we had, this is now the third postponement that we've had. After the first, we got an earful from Steelers players about how frustrated they, they were about this game being moved the first time, and then the second time, and the third. I think at this point, both sides want to get this game in. Uh, people describe it as surreal. They can't believe that we are still talking about a game at this point and, and the postponement. But, you know, if you know Mike Tomlin, you know that he is focused. He keeps his guys focused on the task at hand, wants them to be um, agile mentally and and ready for whatever happens. And I think this is one of those situations that you can't really predict or plan for. But here it is, and they're focused on remaining unbeaten. And hopefully we get a game, and I think we're headed in that direction, knock on wood. Yes, indeed. I will second that. Pittsburgh looking for history. Baltimore looking to get back into the playoff chase. 340 Eastern today. We think. We hope. Stay warm, Kim. (laughs) Go find that heat. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kim. (laughs) Appreciate it. Kimberly A. Martin on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Slide. Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE. 5W30. On the way, yeah, last night was all about Duke, Michigan State, Kansas, and Kentucky. They took all the oxygen in the college basketball world. But there was some college hoops history last night, big history that no one's talking about, but we will. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. College basketball fans like Jay and I were watching the Champions Classic last night. Duke, Michigan State, Kansas, and Kentucky. And they took all the oxygen. Illinois, Baylor, Gonzaga, West Virginia tonight. Jimmy V Classic on ESPN. So if you're a college basketball fan, last 24, 40 hours have been amazing. But there was one amazing accomplishment that didn't get a lot of pub. So I want to make sure we give this dude a shout out today. You probably never heard of the guy. And frankly, I hadn't until yesterday. His name is Mike Magpio. Mike Magpio yesterday is the head coach of UC Riverside, California Riverside, the Highlanders. The Highlanders. The first D1 win for Mike Magpio is special because it's the first D1 win for the dude as a coach. It's the first ever win in college basketball history Mm -hmm. for an Asian-American head coach. There's like 351 teams in D1. They've been crowning an NCAA champion since 1939 when Oregon won the first championship. So we're a Pac-12 team. Yes. They beat Washington, beat them by double digits. Mm -hmm. First ever win for an Asian-American coach. And when we always celebrate the first women, the first Hispanics, first African-Americans, first everybody. So I think when something notable like this comes around, I'm joking here, for one of us, <laughs> when something comes around like for one of us, I just want to mention it. It's really notable. He's doing it in anonymity. He's been with Columbia, Campbell, the Campbell Camels, San Francisco, and UC Riverside for the last decade. David Patrick was our old head coach. He went to Eric Musselman's staff. He's the head coach at Arkansas, and this opened up the door for a little bit of history. And I just think it's something we should mention, and congratulations to yeah, Coach congr- Mike. congratulations to him. California team. I'm I'm rooting for them now. <laughs> you might see me with a UC Riverside sweatshirt soon. He is Filipino, and I wanted to mention because, you know, one of the most prominent NBA coaches is Filipino. That's the guy that just coached in the NBA Finals and Eric Spolster. So, Jay, pretty impressive. We're getting it at the collegiate level to a small degree. And clearly, one of the NBA's best coaches, Filipino, in the association. And they have a center for UC Riverside named Jock Perry, who's uh, pretty phenomenal. He had 21 points the other night. So, like, look, I give him... So much credit uh, to, to beat a Power 5 school by double digits the way they did from UC Riverside deserves a round of applause. Yes, oh, indeed. Washington, I don't get it, but oh well. Yeah, they've yeah. been struggling a little bit. Mike Hopkins got a good first year, but then since then it's been a little bit of a downslide. We're asking this morning, speaking of downslide, what's the best head coaching opening right now or one that will become open? <laughs> it's a fait accompli. I think we know the Jets are going to have an opening, maybe Chicago. He doesn't agree Denver, with the Chargers. Possibly. Denver could be there too. Maybe half the division could be out of Coach Lynn. Is hey. out. If, if. But take whatever that is worth. Best head coach opening will be. 
And Greg and Brenda at Greg and Brenda just hit us up. I don't know if that's like two people, Greg and Brenda, but they both it could agreed. be a couple. Yes, they both agreed. Collectively, they've come to the assumption the worst opening would have to be Detroit. It's where careers go to die. Key said Ooh. the best opening is Houston because of Deshaun and what they got to work with. But this isn't a bad one. The worst being the Lions. History would seem to indicate that argument is accurate. I could, I could turn the Lions <laughs> around, though. If I, if I wanted to live in Michigan, I could turn them around. I could turn them around. You could turn them around. You just got to have competent people that know what the hell they're doing. And that's it. With or without Stafford? You, you, with or without Stafford, you could win. Again, you have to have competent people around you that know what they're doing. Well, if you yeah. were that person, would you keep Matthew Stafford? or would you? I probably would trade Matthew Stafford because I'm getting ready to – first of all, I'm going to trade him to reward him to go to a team so he can end his career on a positive note, even though well, he probably – I like probably, how you spun that. I like that. What you mean? No, it's real, but I like how you spun that. Why? Because yeah, that's good. Like yeah. You're talking about I'm a letting, front letting, office yeah, guy. letting him go, but I'm yeah. letting you go to help you out. Yeah, I'm helping you out. In return, I'm going to get the value that you're worth, and then I'm going to use that to build my roster. You're helping you help me. That's yes, that's it, it, but when you have competent people running organizations that know what they're doing, you can turn any organization around. Just look at the Cleveland Browns. They have competent people now running the stuff. Don't screw it up. Just stay the course. Stay the course. Don't New York jet it. Just stay the course. You know, now the Jets have a competent person in Joe Douglas running the show. I think he'll get it right. And that's the key. Who can you get? The 49ers got John Lynch. Kyle Shanahan. They're running the show. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Houston Texans have to get people in there that know what they're doing. Stafford next year will be in his 13th year in the league. Of course, he's taken every snap of his career with the Detroit Lions. Just putting this out there because they're talking about it out in Detroit. There is an NFL head coach in the state of Michigan that has proven himself in the league. He happens to reside in Ann Arbor at the moment where he may not be welcomed that much longer. How about the 40-minute commute from Ann Arbor to Detroit, Jim Harbaugh with the Lions? You know, it, it, it probably on the surface of the NFL could potentially work if you're willing to deal with that for four years or so because he could wear you out over time unless he's changed from his days with Trent Baalke and the San Francisco 49ers. He is a really good pro coach. He is, College is a different animal. Much like college coaches come to the pros, if a di- it's a different animal. You can't talk to pro players the way you deal with college players. And you can't recruit in the pros like you do in college. And if you don't recruit in college, therefore you'll be Jim Harbaugh at two and something trying to figure out how not to get fired. Just, it's so interesting to me. And Jim Harbaugh, I'm sure, can be a, a, a good NFL coach. He's already proven that he can be. But you, you go from college in one area, and now you have teams like Detroit. Chicago's probably going to be another opportunity. Oh, to yeah, Matt Chicago. Nagy, that's there, too. So uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to have a job. Yeah, Jim, have Jim, a job Jim, Jim is a good pro football coach, in my opinion. Pros. Pros, and not college. By the way, real quick, Balky is now actually in Jacksonville, and you actually think that's not a terrible job? I don't think it's a terrible job at all. I really do because they'll spend the money. When you have a, they paid Nick damn Foles <laughs> a lot of money. They'll spend the money. He had an eighty-eight million dollar deal that didn't Shot last too long. is not cheap. No, that's for sure. Enjoy Wednesday afternoon football if we get it, and we'll talk to you Thursday morning. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.